If you have your Bibles, you can open them up to the book of Psalms. We're going to be in chapter 1. And then also you can kind of put a finger there and go to Ephesians chapter 3. The words will also be on the screen. We're going to be in Ephesians 3, 14 through 19. We're in a series that's titled Holy Habits. And what we're looking at is the spiritual disciplines and how in each one of these disciplines we see and have the power to continue to grow in our relationship with God. So let's dive right into Scripture. Psalm chapter 1 says, Oh, the joys, catch that word, the joys, of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join in with mockers, but they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. Now notice the picture it gives us. It's saying for those who find joy in not following, but also who delight in God's law, this is what it says. It says they're like trees that are planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season, and their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all that they do. But not the wicked. They're like worthless chaff scattered by the wind. They will be condemned at the time of judgment. Sinners will have no place among the godly. For the Lord watches over the path of the godly, but the path of the wicked leads to destruction. The Apostle Paul writing to the Ephesian church, he has this word to say to them. And he's, this is a prayer that he says he's specifically praying over them. And I would challenge you that he's asking and inviting us to pray in as well. He says, when I think of all this, I fall to my knees and I pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. And I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Notice the analogy he gives here. He says that your roots, like the roots of a tree, will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you'll be made complete with the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Let's pray. Father, we come before you. Holy Spirit, we ask that as we dive into your word that you would open it up to our hearts. Jesus, would you speak to us this morning? Would you challenge us? Would you call our hearts to a central focus of worship of you, Jesus? That God, with everything that we are, with our heart, our soul, our mind, and strength, that God, we would love you and worship you. In your precious and most holy name we pray. Amen. Before you grab a seat, if you would turn to someone nearby you and let them know something that makes you happy. Something that makes you happy, and then you can find your way back to your seats. Haley up here said that what made her happy is steak with ketchup on it. That's blasphemous. We speak against that. That is not, <laughs> that's just wrong. It's not good. That's, steak should never, ever have ketchup on it. Sorry, you said it, so I had to throw you under the rug. All right, so we're in this series called Holy Habits, and we're looking at these different spiritual disciplines. And last week, we looked at quiet time. We looked at having a weekly, daily, intentional time that is set apart and set aside to be in the presence of Jesus, to be in his word and prayer. And today, we're not necessarily going to be looking at a habit, but we're going to be looking at the why behind all of the habits, okay? 
So let's look at the why behind the what. So a habit, it's the what, it's a goal. Um, so, so many of us, we know this is the start of a brand new year. We've got all different kinds of habits we're wanting to insert into our life that will help us reach a certain goal. It's that New Year's resolution. Maybe it's to lose 10 pounds. Maybe it's to save $1,000. Maybe it's to learn to play guitar. I have no hope for that. Um, maybe it's to start classes in a field of study. Maybe you want to learn a foreign language. Um, good luck with that. Um, but the habit is the how to get there. It's the path. It's the, it's, the, it's the journey that you walk upon that's going to strengthen you and empower you to get to that goal. Whereas the why is the heart motive. It's the intent. It's the purpose. So, you know, if we say, okay, I want to lose 10 pounds, the really the why behind it is we're saying, I want to become healthy. Or maybe if it's to save money, it's saying, I want to become financially stable and free. Or maybe you're saying, you know, I want to learn something. It's I want to get better in my field of study. I want to grow more. When it comes to the holy habits, these spiritual disciplines, prayer, fasting, giving, spending time in God's presence through a quiet time, worship, all, all all these different habits that we have, the real intent behind all of them is worship. It's the longing in our heart to say, God, I want to know you more. I want to know you and be known by you. Our goals are an outflow of a desired identity. Goals are an outflow of a desired identity in our desires. Their habits can become extremely powerful to help us grow. But we have to be careful with what they're tapping into. Spiritual disciplines are an outflow of desire as well. We're wanting to grow in our faith and in our faithfulness. We're wanting to know God more. We're wanting to love God more. God, I I wanna reflect you in your nature when I come into contact with people. God, I wanna be more like you. I wanna reflect you. I wanna grow, I wanna know, I wanna love, and I wanna reflect. The habits help us to, to grow in those things if they're tapped into it. But the why matters even more than the what. The why matters even more than the what. Let me, let me give you an example of this. Let me tell you a little bit of a parable. Let's flip to the next slide. Delicious grapes. Who in here likes grapes? Yeah, I, I can't stand them. But, <laughs> but I know a lot of people do. So I want you to picture a scenario with me. So a man, he's sitting in New York, and one day he learns to find out that um, he had a great uncle who recently passed away in California. And he receives word that he was the only relative of this uncle and that he has inherited an entire estate that is full of land that's perfect for growing a vineyard. He instantly sells everything that he has and he travels and he hops on a plane and he he unloads his bank accounts and he, he puts it on and he arrives in California. He picks up an Uber from the airport and he gets to the place and he's driving up and as he's heading towards his new estate, out is coming a different van. And the man stops him on the way and he says, sir, sir, I'm here to sell you some seeds. I I heard you just inherited this land, so I want to give these to you. I want to sell these to you. And then these, I promise you, if you will plant them, if you will cultivate them, that these seeds will become the greatest grape vines in the entire state of California. They'll be brighter. They'll be more beautiful. They're going to look exactly like this. And the man gets really excited. He's like, I've never, I don't know anything about growing grapes. 
I've never done this in my life. This guy seems to know a lot about it. So it'd be great. I, I, need to, I need to take this guy's advice. And so he dumps almost all of his money, hands it to this guy, buy these seeds. And then over time, he plants them. He cultivates them. With intentionality, with his habits, with intentional, he, he grows these grapes and he harvests them until finally one day he picks these off of the, off the vine and he starts crushing them to make his very first like grape juice, wine, whatever. And he pours it and he takes the first drink and he dies. Because this is not grapes. This is the pokeweed berry. This is a poisonous plant that looks a lot like grapes. And he was sold a bag of goods. But he, with intentionality, grew it. Can I tell you something? Listen to me. What you grow matters. Spiritually speaking, these habits have the incredible power to grow in you, but what you tap into matters. We know the Pharisees, can I tell you something? The Pharisees in Jesus' day, they were great at prayer. They went to the temple all the time and worshiped. They gave. They fasted. They did all these things openly. But can I tell you, the same group of people that had these holy habits in place also killed the Son of God. And the reason for it is because what they were tapping into was not true worship. It was something else entirely. You see, a good thing can become a poisonous thing if it's done for the wrong reasons and has the wrong motives. I'll give you another example of this. Um, a friend of mine, she used to own a gym. And she said she was always shocked at the beginning of the year. If you've ever been to a gym before, the worst time of the year to ever go to a gym is when? January. Right, everyone who's just recently started a New Year's resolution, everyone's on the treadmill and you're walking around and you're looking at all these people who just bought all these brand new outfits and you're like, you're gonna be here for one month. <laughs> and it'll clear out by February and March. But she said people would often come in with a broken why. Let me say, let me explain what I mean by that. People would come in and she'd find that these people would work supremely hard they would lose the weight, they would get fit, and then they would end up broken, leave their family for somebody else. Because their why behind it was broken. They put all the habits in to fix what they thought was gonna fix, but their reasoning, the depths of their heart was snapped and broken. And so the process grew them, but it also grew poison into their heart. See, they'd put in the right habits and the right systems to bring powerful change, but you can only grow whatever is in your heart. Habits with a poisonous root are dangerous. Habits that are stuck with, with consistency are always going to grow something. Always. Now, this whole series, I'm going to be compelling you to put some habits in place. You know, last week I, I was pleading and trying to persuade with each of us to, to set apart in this year, 2021, that every one of us individually are going to say, you know what, God, I'm going to give you some quiet time. Every day I'm going to spend time in your presence. God, I'm going to do that. And I'm going to encourage you through this whole series to get into the word of God, to maybe once a month or so to fast, to, to spend time in prayer. We're going to look at all these different things. But can I tell you something? If you're not careful, if you don't look at what your roots are tapping into, you're going to grow, but the question is, are you going to grow fruit or poison? 
And so that's why today's message matters so much. Even holy habits can be poisonous if our roots are drinking in poison. If we worship from the perspective to get what I want or to be seen by others and to be noticed by others or if it's maybe out of obligation or duty or maybe we fake religious activity to keep other people from seeing the darkness in us or maybe it's pride. We want others to see what we've done and what we've accomplished for God. And so we hold our spirituality out so that others can look at us and see, I'm better than you. Can I tell you something? If we do any of those things, we're growing poison. That's not worship of God. That's worship of me. The Pharisees were great at this. The Pharisees were phenomenal at holy habits. They prayed They were in the scriptures. They fasted. They went to synagogue. They gave. They spent lots of time in prayer. They went through the streets praying out loud. They gave to the poor and they went to the temple. They worshiped and offered sacrifices. They did all the right things but with all the wrong motives. They were experts in practicing holy habits, but their habits were growing death. Jesus called them the following things. Whitewashed tombs. Can you imagine? Jesus looks at him and he's like, hey, you are full of death, but you painted the outside to look nice. He called them sons of Satan and brood of vipers. Because what they were growing was poisonous. These people, these individuals, they conspired to kill the son of God, the very one they were supposed to be worshiping. Jesus said their worship was in vain. I want you to think about that. Worship in vain. What does that even mean? Let's dive into this from Matthew chapter 15. Jesus responds to them. He says, you hypocrites, Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you. For he wrote, these people honor me with their lips. Circle that. That means these people attempt to honor me with their habit, but their hearts are far from me. Their worship is a farce. For they teach man-made ideas as commands from God. Then Jesus called the crowd to come and hear, and he said, listen and try to understand. It's not what goes into your mouth that defiles you. You are defiled by the words that come out of your mouth. Then the disciples came to him and they asked, do you realize you offended the Pharisees by what you just said? Like, they asked kind of a dumb question of Jesus. He's like, yes, I understand. It was with intention. Um, He says, the disciples said, do you realize you, and Jesus says, every plant not planted by my heavenly father will be uprooted. So ignore them. They're blind guides leading the blind. And if one blind person guides another, they're both going to fall into a ditch. Their worship was useless. It was in vain. Their worship was in vain. John Piper says it this way. For Jesus, this worship amounts to zero. That is what vain means. In vain do they worship me, zero. It's not worship. It is zero worship. It is zero if there is no heart dimension to it. 
So you can do as many good deeds as you want and you can go to as many church services as you want and never truly be worshiping if it's all external and nothing is happening in your heart toward God. All true worship is in essence a matter of the heart. It is more, but it's never less. You see, this wasn't God honoring worship. In fact, it was the opposite. It was dark. It was evil. It was growing inside the Pharisees' death every single day when they went to the scriptures and they went in time of prayer, they were praying things like, God, would you continue to honor me? We're going to see this in just a little bit from a parable that Jesus even tells. You see, as they see Jesus continually unfold who he really is and what he had come to do, their hearts were opposed to God and his activity. They ended up actually wanting to murder him. Let me say this. Holy habits done with the wrong motives will grow only death and it will make you want to push Jesus out of your life. That's why this is so important for us to get before we move into any of the rest of the habits. If we don't get the worship aspect right, then it doesn't matter how long you pray. If your heart is set on me and mine and, and my desires and my will and my ways and what I want and God, you're here to serve me, not me serve you, then, then can I just tell you something? It, it's worship that's in vain. If it's I want other people to see me and they want to look, I, I care what other people are thinking, not what God's thinking, then, then our worship is in vain. You see, their worship, these Pharisees, their holy habits actually shaped their hearts but it did so to move them inwardly towards themselves rather than outwardly toward God. Let's take a look at this from Luke chapter 18, 9 through 14. It says, Then Jesus told this story to some who had great confidence in their own righteousness and who scorned everyone else. I love this story. He says, Two men went to the temple to pray. Circle that, holy habit. So two men are going to the temple to take part in a holy habit, which we're going to talk about in this series. They go to the temple to pray. One was a Pharisee, and the other was a despised tax collector, a sinner. The Pharisee stood by himself, and he prayed this prayer. I thank you, God. I love how, like, pompous this sounds. I thank you, God, that I am not like other people. <laughs> cheaters, sinners, adulterers, and I'm certainly not, I can imagine him like pointing in the temple like that tax collector. I fast twice a week, holy habit. I give you a tenth of my income, holy habit. But the tax collector stood at a distance, dared not even lift his eyes to heaven as he prayed. Instead, he beat his chest in sorrow saying, God, be merciful to me for I'm a sinner. Listen to what Jesus says. I tell you, this sinner, not the Pharisee, returned home justified before God. For those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. See, we've got to wrap our mind around what is worship. We have to understand this. Worship is the process by which we give our worth, our honor, our time, our life, our money, our resources, our energy, our attention, our desires, our thoughts in the very pursuit of our life 
towards something. Everyone in this room and everyone on this planet is worshiping something or someone. There is no one on this entire world that's not worshiping. The question becomes, what are you worshiping? Are you worshiping God? Does he have your full attention, your heart, your desire, your soul, your mind, and your strength? Or are you worshiping something that you have placed above him? See, worship takes place when our life engages, it dwells, it invests, it entangles itself, and it focuses on something. Our life, our attention, our identity becomes absorbed into that object, that want, that desire that we're directing it towards. Worship is powerful because it will grow and magnify whatever we're latching ourselves onto. Can I just tell you something? One of the beauties of starting every year with like what we're doing right now with the 21 day of prayer and fasting is, is we are detaching ourselves from the world and we're attaching ourselves to Christ. And we're saying, God, would you grow me? As I, as I, whether it's maybe you're taking part in like a food fast and so you're saying, instead of spending this time at this meal, and this is why it was definitely so important for the ancient Israelites, their meals, especially around dinner time, were not like us today. <laughs> Our schedules are a little bit busy and like meal is like maybe a quick run through McDonald's drive through and it's like eating it as you're driving to your next location. In ancient Palestine, in this time period, for them, a meal easily could last three hours. It had been a multiple course menu meal and it would have been brought over and they would have shared it together, which is why it was so important. When you invited someone to your house to come have a meal with you, you were essentially saying, can I have half your day? You're inviting them into the presence of your home, into intimacy. And so when they fasted, they were saying, God, I'm giving you that time. I'm detaching from these things that I know that I need for a time period to latch on to what I most need, which is you, God. God, I'm going to center my focus and my attention on you. You see, one of the beauties of starting the year with this 21 days of prayer and fasting is we're saying, God, would you grow me? Would you take my heart and my worship and it would, it be, would it latch itself onto you, Jesus? See, worship is powerful because it grows and magnifies what it's attached to. But if we attach it to greed, to lust, to jealousy, to hatred, to anger, to unforgiveness, to fear, to entertainment, to comfort, to protection, to pleasure, all those things can also be worshiped. And all those things at the heart level, we can grow them and make them what our life is truly about. But our life can also attach to something else. It can attach to God. We start to see our life grow naturally, love, joy, peace and patience, and kindness and goodness and gentleness and faithfulness, self-control and mercy and forgiveness and grace and generosity. See, the question I have for us to ponder this morning is, what is my life growing? If someone were to come into your life right now and start to sample your attitude, your perspective, they were to start to take a bite out of your life, like imagine you were a fruit hanging from a tree. When they, when they bit into it, would they taste delicious apple or delicious grapes, or would they taste pokeweed berry? Would they find health in life or would they be tasting poison? 
See, habits are extremely powerful for growth. They will grow whatever your heart is worshiping on. A habit is based off of time and consistency. Good habits over time and consistently engaged in will grow something. So we talked about this example um, last week. If you decided to save like $5 a day and you did that every single day, after an entire year, you'd have something like $10,000. I can't remember the exact math that was in the previous one. But it, the, 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 the thing that you see is as you do it with consistency and over time, it compounds, it builds on each other. It's the same thing with like working out, right? If you ran a 5K every day, you're not going to look like me. <laughs> Right? If you're like, you know, every single day this year, I'm going to run a 5K, you're going to naturally get healthy. You're going to naturally be, be strong and you're going to be fit and you're going to be able to do what you need to do because it's done with consistency and it's done intentionally with time over a span. The same is true, though, with bad habits, right? Right? If we're like every single day, you know what? I want to end the day with a bag of Lay's potato chips, a donut. And a 50-ounce Pepsi. <laughs> Can I tell you something? Listen, you're doing something with intentionality. You're doing something consistency, and you're going to grow something, right? <laughs> something you might not want, but you're going to grow it. They, they take place, but the same is true spiritually. Habits are powerful for growth, but they will grow what you're tapping into. We see this with two different kings, King Saul and King David. One had it said of King David that he was a man after God's own heart. And his intentional worship made him be a king that for centuries after, oh, I love this, for centuries after, there was a terrible king over Israel, over Judah. And it would be this little line from one of the prophets. But the Lord withheld his hand for the sake of his servant David. Saul, on the other hand, he cared what everybody else thought. He was constantly consumed in thinking, what do they think? Do they think I need to supplant myself as king? I need to hold my power. I need, I need to keep it for myself. I need to get rid of anybody that opposes me, especially even he's going to get rid of David and other people who are actually for him, but he's terrified because other people start to like them. Saul's life ends in abject tragedy because of what he grew. Worship is whatever we have allowed the roots of our hearts to grow deep down into, where and what you've tapped into. So I've said this already, but let me finish the statement. Habits are extremely powerful for growth, but will only grow what you are rooted in. Psalms chapter 1 I love it. It's one of the shortest psalms, but it leads into all the rest of the others. And this is what it said. Let's go back. I'm going to read it for you. It won't be on the screen, but it says, The joys of those who don't follow the advice of the wicked, who don't stand around with sinners, who don't join with mockers, but they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. It says, They are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. The picture that Psalms chapter 1 gives is of a tree that is planted. A tree that is chosen intentionally where not to grow, but also a tree that is chosen and planted intentionally and where it should grow. It's by the riverbank, so it can suck in the nutrients and the resources. 
and its growth, the result of that planting is that it's strong, it's full of life no matter the season. It's strong, it bears fruit every season, and it withstands every storm. Can I just say, I think everyone in this room today is like, I would love to withstand the next storm. Whatever comes our way in America in this next year, I, I would love that whatever it be chaos, whether it be what, whatever is going to come, I, I, want to be, I want to be able to stand through it. But can I just tell you something? Listen to me. Your ability to stand has everything to do with what your roots look like. What are they tapping into? Psalms chapter 1, the illustration that is being given here by David is care about your roots. Care about where you're growing and what you're growing. Or, or let's go to Ephesians chapter 3, Paul's prayer. He, he challenges the church and he says, I want you to know the love of God. And he says, and that your roots would grow down deep into Christ. And that you would know the length, the width, the height, and the depth of his love for you. So the question that we must naturally ask ourselves is this. What is a root? I don't mean to insult your intelligence. I hope everyone in this room knows what a root is. But what is a root? A root is what happens below the surface. It's the part of the tree we typically cannot see. It's the growth that's happening that no one else knows about, but that the tree is intentionally engaged in. It's the system that is meant to sustain the life and the strength of the tree. You can't see what it's doing, what it's tapping into, and the same is true with our spiritual lives. If I were to just look at you really briefly, I could not tell you what your roots are, but if I were to watch you over a period of years, I could tell you. Can I just say, not every tree stands the test of time, and it has to do with what its roots have went into. Secondly, a root collects, it stores, and it supplies life from what it's tapping into. Roots dig deep. They're looking for something to supply the life of the tree with. They want to tap into a source constantly. They're spreading. Do you realize that the root system is usually as big and as wide as what you see above the tree? It's growing underneath in the same manner it's growing above. We always look at what's happening above, but what's happening below is actually more important than what's happening above. If that's not a spiritual principle, I don't know what is. What you're growing right now at your heart level is far more important than what you look like. Who you are on the inside matters. It collects it stores, and it supplies the life to the tree. What is your life drawing from right now? Where are you finding the source of your strength, your hope, your fulfillment, your joy? Is it in people? Is it in something or something that if you just had that in your life, then suddenly everything would be better? Can I just tell you something? When you get that thing, and more than likely you probably will, because you'll fight long enough and hard enough and you'll eventually get it. Can I promise you that the second you get it, give it three days, and you'll be like, man, this wasn't enough. We've all been there. If I just had that, I would be so much more comfortable and have so much more joy. But it doesn't ever provide unless... It's the source of life, which is Christ. He's the only source you can tap into who will never, ever leave you in shame, 
he is the only choice that you'll never have like buyer's remorse afterwards. <laughs> He's good. Thirdly, roots support the tree. Jaden, can I have you come up here real quick? He's like, man, he got me again. <laughs> All right, here's what I need you to do. I need you to stand with your, your heels as close as you possibly can together. Now, here's the thing. Jaden here is pretty tough. But when he's standing like this, without a wide base at all whatsoever, it doesn't take much to knock him over. I'm not going to knock you over, so don't worry. But I'm just going to show you. Listen, with just a pinky, you can sit here and you can kind of push and, right? Because his, he's like, ooh, I got a little dizzy in church, right? His base is not really that wide. His root system is not that developed. But now I want you to get a stance, like spread your legs out, brace yourself. You can get down. In a little bit. Brace yourself. I'm gonna knock you, boy. <laughs> right here. We go. I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna do it. I'm, don't worry, mom and dad. I'm not actually gonna do it. But look, now that he's braced, I can use my whole hand and push against him, and the tree don't move. Right? Listen. There's a spiritual principle here. If your life, put your legs back together, has not focused on the root system, can I tell you a storm's coming, and it ain't gonna take much. But if you've allowed your life to Go back to your planted. He's like, I know now. I know what direction it's coming from. <laughs> if your life is planted and it's grounded and it's prepared and it's rooted itself deeply in the love of Jesus, can I tell you something? Those storms are coming. That tree may sway a little bit, but it ain't going down because it's locked into what matters. Thank you so much. Listen to me. The roots support the tree, and the, oh, this is beautiful, a tree's ability to stand a storm is based on its roots. I could take you to the most beautiful tree in the world. It could have had people who have been manicuring it for days and weeks and wrapping it so it just looks gorgeous and beautiful. Doesn't matter what it looks like if that root system is jacked up. When that storm comes, it does not matter how good it looks above the surface. It ain't standing. You know, we said this last week. I, I, obviously, as your pastor, my prayer is I hope you have the best 2021 ever. I hope this is like the year you can look back on and be like, that was an awesome year. But we're also realists in this room. There's someone in this room that is not going to be the story of your year. Someone in this room, there's a storm coming. I don't know what it is. But can I tell you something? Can I plead with you? Can you tap into those roots? Can you right now firmly plant and say, you know what, God? It's January 2021. I'm going to focus this year on what's below the ground. God, I'm going to tap into you because I know that storm's eventually coming. And when it comes, God, I want to be so grounded in you that when that storm and that wind and that rain and it hits me, that, yeah, I might bend a little bit, but I'm, I'm not going to be looking for something above the surface to grab a hold of. If you're in the midst of a tornado and you grab to something, a hold of something that's in the wind, what's going to happen to you? You're going with the wind, <laughs> right? You're in the middle of a tornado and a cow comes flying by and you're like, cow. <laughs> you're now riding a cow, which would be fun. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> but... <laughs> The end result's going to be bad for you. 
No, no. When you're in the midst of a tornado, what are you hugging? You're grabbing the nearest tree, and you're grabbing onto that because you're saying this tree's rooted. Man, we need right now more than ever to grow our roots deep into the love of Christ. Your habits are the growth of your roots, but your life and growth come from what you're tapped into. It can be a lot of wrong sources. We can try to tap into ourselves, our talents, our abilities, our career, our wants and desires, but we all know in just a moment all of those can be gone in a moment. It could be others. Maybe it's a relationship, acceptance, friendship, lust, or unrestrained desire. In a moment, your friends could be taken from you. It could be emotion, how I feel in this particular moment. Man, me, before and after coffee are two different people. I cannot trust my emotions. Me and after a McDonald's french fry are two different people. Circumstances, what, what, what we feel like we're experiencing in this moment. If we allow our faith to be dictated by our circumstance, we're going to be riding the biggest roller coaster of the world. Or what if it's pleasure? God, I'll believe in you when I'm happy. Anybody ever had your happiness in a day crushed by one of the dumbest things ever? Right? You can be having the best day ever, and then suddenly the smallest of things happens, and then you're just like the biggest grump. Holy habits work only if they're based on true worship. Paul says, and may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. Sounds like a root system to me. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand, then you'll be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. I I think most of us in this room today would say, God, you know what? I would be loved to be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from you. I think most of us want to pray that prayer. We want that to be true of our life. Can I tell you something? Your holy habits will help grow that, but only if they're centered fully on Jesus as your object of worship. You worship what you tap into for life and strength. We have to tap into it frequently. Imagine you decided for the rest of my life, you know what, I'm going to eat and drink just one day a week or one day a month. For the rest of my life, just one day I'm going to eat and drink. Some of you are looking at me like, please don't say we have to do that as a church. No. (laughs) Can I tell you something? Your life would be shortened. It would be weak. It would be powerless. But can I say, this is what a lot of sometimes our lives can look like. If, if God is only ever tapped into on Sunday when we arrive at church, listen, church is like a vitamin. It's meant to be added to your health, but you need to be growing daily as you dive into the word of God and you chew on it and you allow God to speak to you. You, you need that, that nourishment daily. We got to do it consistently Worship is meant to be daily, and it's meant to be intentional, and it's meant to be directed. The roots of a tree grow every single day with intention. They have a directed aim. I need to find life. That's what our heart needs to be doing, tapping into Christ, because in him we have life and life more abundantly. Our worship must be intentional, directed, and even when we don't feel like it. 
Let me say that again. It must be intentional directed and even when we don't feel like it. How many in here have a habit that you know you need to do that you do not feel like doing? Come on. That's right. There's a lot of us. There's habits, there's things that we know need to be in our life that don't always feel like it. Habits have to be directed. Even we don't, think about it. Brushing your teeth, taking a shower, saving money, getting some form of exercise in, eating right, getting the right amount of sleep. Some of you who are, you know, my age and older, you're getting there. You, you know the difference of what one night of poor sleep can do to you, right? I was trying to convince my kids on New Year's Eve, like, let's just act like 10 o'clock is the ball drop. And my kids are like, no, Dad. And I'm like, all right. <laughs> I'm like, I know I'm going to be feeling like trash in the morning. <laughs> but, but here's the thing. Our habits have to be intentional and directed even when we don't feel like it. Can I just, let's just be real here for a moment. Not every Sunday are you going to walk in here and feel like giving praise. There's going to be many Sundays in this next year when you've had a hard week. When you've faced some tough stuff. When you've encountered disappointment or loss or pain. And you're going to come in and you're going to sit in these seats and, and... and the band's going to kick in, and they're going to play those first few chords. And I just, I'm going to be honest with you, you're not going to feel like it. But imagine if we only ever brushed our teeth when we felt like it. Or if we only ever showered when we feel like it. Some of you are like, I love to shower. Well, my kids don't. So I have to help them because they don't always feel like it. So I'm like, whether you feel like it or not, Jason and Ruby, you're getting in the shower (laughs) because I'm not going to smell you for the next few days. There's times, emotions more often than not, they need to be led rather than allowing them to lead us. That's maturity. That's what we want to teach our kids. Lead your emotions. Don't be led by them. This is the same as truth, the holy habits. There is not always, you're not always going to feel like praying. You're not going to always feel like fasting. You're not going to always feel like giving. You're not going to always feel like sharing your faith. You're not going to always feel like diving into God's word. You're not going to always feel like showing up to church on Sunday. You're not going to always feel like singing the songs. You're not going to always have that. I just am so ready to do this moment. That's when it matters the most. Because that's a sacrifice that builds you towards the future you're wanting. Intentional, consistent brings growth. Worship must be tapped into. But they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. That's how that tree is described. They meditate on it day and night. When storms come, I trust what's below the surface rather than trying to grab on what's above it. So I want to encourage you today as we bring this to a close to make it a habit. Holy habits have the power to bring growth. The question becomes, what are you growing? Can I just ask us all just to just close our eyes and bow our heads for a moment and just kind of just listen to my voice. And I, and I want us to engage in, some, in a time of prayer here right here. 
What are we growing? You see, if we get the why wrong, I promise you something, you're still going to grow. It might be a tragedy. It might be like that, that California parable I just told you about the guy who inherited the vineyard. And he spent all this time, all this energy, all this money, all this energy consuming, building something and growing something. And he did grow something, but it ended up growing death. Man, I've seen so many times in my own life that I've grown death. There's been times where I haven't guarded my heart, where I haven't paid attention to what my heart was latching onto. And can I just tell you something? That when Josh latches onto Josh, Josh grows death. And I've done that. The why matters. If we get the why wrong, we can grow poisonous berries that will kill not only ourselves, but the people we love most. Imagine if that California guy... What if instead of taking the first bite himself, he handed that, that grape to his son or daughter? The poison that he had been growing now affected somebody else. But what if we get the why right? Oh, brainstorm with me, church. What if, what if we as a people say, God, I want to know you. I want you to change me. I want to be defined by your love. God, I want when people to encounter me, not to encounter Josh Johnson, I want them to sample the life that I have lived growing in you, that they would sense from me a forgiveness that cannot come from myself, that they would sense in me a love that most certainly was not grown by me, that they would sense a peace, that even when I'm surrounded by a storm and the wind and the rains is hitting me and my tree is swaying, that it's still firmly grounded in rooted because it's in you, Jesus. See, if we get the why right, your life can grow fruit. Oh, listen to me, church. Do you realize that the Bible calls the Spirit's activity in your life the fruit of the Spirit? That means that your life, when it's connected to Jesus, as we're in these holy habits, that you can grow love and joy and peace what if your kids sampled from you those things? What if your friends sampled those things? What if your neighbor or the people you work with, especially that annoying person, <laughs> what if they sampled that from your life? Because you'd spent so much time in the presence of Jesus because your roots have grown so deep into his love that when they come against you, what they taste, they take a little bite of your life, a little sample they taste something that's different. You see, if we can get the why right, we will grow fruit that will bless not only our life, but countless people that we know and love. But you have to tap into the right source. And you have to tap into it for the right reasons. We have to be consistent and intentional. We have to be more concerned about our roots. We have to consistently want to look to grow into the love of Jesus. Would you all look at me for just one moment? In my house, um, we have well water. I know some of you in here, you love the taste of well water. I do not. I am not a fan. 
it has like an eggy smell to it, and I've lived there for 10 years. And so in order to drink our water, um, we send it through a filter. As we pour that water into the filter, it grabs a hold of the things that like shouldn't be there, and it filters out that taste, and it filters out, and it comes out completely clean and even better for us than before. Can I tell you something? The holy habits when engaged in with worship do that very thing. We're saying, God, would you filter my heart? Would you take what is present there and would you filter it out so that it all remains as you? God, would you build my life on your love, on who you are? What I'm gonna invite you to do in this next few moments is, is simply say, God, will you this morning, will you filter my heart? I don't know where you've been. I don't know what you've done. I don't know what you've experienced. I don't know what 2020 or the beginning of 2021 has already brought you. But what I know is this, is that as a church, we're, we're trying right now to pursue Christ. We're trying to dive into prayer and spend time in fasting and prayer and giving it to him. And so let's, let's take the why seriously this morning. In just a second, the worship team is going to lead us in a song called Build My Life, which we sang earlier. And it's about building our life on the love of God. And we're going to end a little bit different. It's going to look something like this. If you want to stand, you can. But I would also encourage you to feel free to come to the front, to the altar to pray, or maybe just at your seat. You can pray in your seat just sitting right where you're at right now. Or maybe you just want to, as a sign of surrender, say, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to at my own seat. I'm going to just kneel and pray. Whatever you feel led to do this morning is perfectly fine. As long as... You use this time to build your root system. Can we this morning close in praise and worship and develop our roots? As we sing this song, can I plead with you to go to the presence of God and say, God, will you filter my heart? What's not supposed to be there, can you start to identify it? The places that I've tried to grow and things other than you, can you just show me that? But God, even more than that, will you help me today to grow in you? I want to know you. I want to love you. I want to be known by you. And as we sing this song, can you make this a time of prayer saying, God, I just want to pursue you. We'll bring that to a close and we'll dismiss you. But I don't want us to miss this opportunity to start making it a habit even right now in this moment. Can we as a church say, God, Will you help me tap into the right system to your love? As the worship team leads us, would we just spend some time in prayer?